The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon and West Coast God Windows. Imagine that. Nothing our God cannot do. Good morning, everybody, all across the ACN network. This is In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. That's right. It's In My Opinion, a show where you, I give you my opinion, the what I think is important to share across culture, politics, religion. I don't like religion, but a relationship, Christianity, right? I'm seeing the world from a Christian worldview. So good morning. Uh, this is Christmas weekend. The 23rd of December for 2023. So 12, 23, 23. First of all, yes, I always comment about how fast things are, but I want to wish you all a Merry, Merry Christmas. Obviously, on Monday, um, we celebrate the, the birth of Christ, the Savior sent from God with his only begotten Son, sent to the earth. And of course, we always start this show off with the scripture for the week. And of course, there wouldn't be any better scripture. Obviously, there's a, every scripture is good. Every scripture is good for our edification, our growth, our built, and so forth. There's an old saying that every scripture is not for us, but every you know, every scripture is not to us, but it's for us. Anyway, the scripture verse for this morning is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And as I usually do, I'm using the amplified version. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen carefully. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us, Isaiah 7, 14. And of course, a lot of, um, it, what do you like, peanuts, Snoopy? I love it when Linus comes out there and says, does anybody know what the meaning of Christmas is? And he comes out and talks about low in the field, the angels, you know, the star, and, and the baby born in Bethlehem. And so this is really what it's about. Um, I celebrate family. I have my children coming home from my adult children, if you will, coming home from college. My son, who's 26, is coming home. Everybody's going to be at home this year. And I cherish these times when I can have the family together again. There's many times when we're younger, we were always busy trying to figure things out, uh, see what we can afford, um, how we're traveling to see my wife's family and my family and all the stress of it. Uh, and it's nice now. Now, of course, my parents are both in heaven. Um, praise God. Not that they're gone, but they're with the Lord. They knew the Lord. And my wife um, only has her mother left. It's, it's, it's that point in time where your family is so precious. It's always precious. But the fact that our children, our adult children, 21, 20, and 26, want to come home for Christmas is a blessing. Because I know uh, from personal experience, when I was 25, 26, 27, I started wanting to do my own thing. And, uh, you know, for friends or, or whatever. Um, so it's really a blessing for them to come home. I say that because a lot of us really enjoy the holidays, um, buying gifts, having dinner, um, good cheer. And it does seem like around the world that people are 
besides you know, normal stress and the bloom and doom and gloom, they're a little bit nicer, a little bit more cheerier. And um, that's the Christmas spirit, if you will. But beyond that, I think a lot, all too often the church, us Christians, our families, all we lose sight of the purpose of Christmas. You know, I, I hearken back, if you will, if, you, if you've read the Bible, if you've studied any scripture, and I'm not saying I'm a Bible scholar, you know, I've pastored for years, I've, I've preached for years, but the, the goal is, is you want it to read the scripture, study the scripture, meditate on the scripture, allow the Holy Spirit to highlight things. And the same verse can, can draw out new meaning, deeper meaning, uh, additional context, if you will, in different seasons of your life. And so I just think that's fantastic. But I hearken back that uh, God was very, very specific in the Old Testament to the nation of Israel about celebrating these feasts. It's, it's almost, it marked the year, but there was the Feast of First Fruits for their first part of their first harvest they honor God with. And then there was the tithe, and there was the, the festival of, you know, trumpets and the Passover festival and they, and so forth. So there was, marked times and still are throughout the year where people were supposed to submit to, if you will, honor the blessing of God in their life and, and different things where God has delivered them in the past. I bring that up because I believe God's word was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, over 2000 prophecies in the old Testament were, were fulfilled when Jesus came, but Jesus came as a babe. Now there's, there's scholars and, and, um, Bible, um, historians and so forth that, that believe that the Bible story of the wise men coming, that, that Jesus was probably a couple years older, probably happened in the spring. That's beside the point. The point is, is the, the, that the angels, right? The, to told the shepherds in the field to go watch, right? That these wise men followed the star, the North star, um, to bring gifts to the newborn King, the prophesied Messiah, the, the ruler of the world, basically, of Egypt, but also that. And we didn't know as much. We knew that the Savior would come. And so uh, the Virgin Mary, and we know this story, but still it's one of those things where an angel um, appeared before Mary and basically told her that the Lord had chosen her, this young, young, basically girl, that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and she would birth uh, the Son of God. I mean, just... First of all, and she, and she says, do unto me as you choose. I mean, it's just a, just amazing to me that um, that someone would say, okay, Lord, <laughs> just do it. And oftentimes we were told the way of the cost in Scripture. I think it's just amazing. And then to, to have Joseph, can you imagine being Joseph, the betrothed of Mary, finds out that uh, she's pregnant uh, and to believe that she hasn't been with another man that it's Almighty God speaking and, and overshadowing her, that he's he's raising the Son of God, uh, and then later on raising the Son of God amongst other siblings that have the DNA of Mary and Joseph, but not of the Holy Spirit or Almighty God. It's just the whole story, um, we get sh shattered. Oh, it happened. No, this is, these are all miracles. These are all fulfillments of prophecy um, where the virgin conceived of a baby of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. Uh, and he is God with us. So the fact that God would put on human clothing, send his only begotten son, you know, the part of the, the Trinity that's not in Scripture, but we talk about God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that God made all things through Christ, 
in Christ and with Christ, right? And God and Christ sustains all things. The scripture is very clear um, that they have a plan for you and I. But this restoration, the fall of man through Adam and Eve, the temptation in the garden, the casting out, the uh, the obliteration of man, except for Noah and the ark and his family, the rebuilding of the of the, of the human race across the world afterwards, um, with the wheat and the tares growing up together, that we've fallen away, that there was no way back to Almighty God. We um, Through the the five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, um, the books of Moses, if you will, uh, it proved that, there's, that every man fell short, that no man, no woman, no person could completely follow the rules, the Ten Commandments, to be and to be righteous in unto themselves, and 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 the nature of it. You then you had when Jesus came, and lived this life. Uh, he called the Pharisees and Sadducees whitewashed bones. The, the idea here that that even in the following the the strict following of the minuscule parts of the rule, they missed the intent. They missed the heart of it, and so he they were chastised. By Almighty God Himself, Jesus, right? So this, this I'm talking about Christmas, the time as we celebrate Monday. Uh, what do you go to church? What do you go to mass? Wh- whatever um, way to recognize, realize that this is the point in history where God chose to send His only begotten Son to enter into history, to live a perfect life, to ultimately die on a cross, to to be whipped uh, 39 times with uh, the cat of nine tails and to be a crown of thorns and to be pierced in his hands and to be stabbed in the side and to die on behalf to make atonement to to make a substitutionary atonement for our sin for those that choose him to be lord and savior now i know we're talking about easter when it comes around here um his actual um sacrifice on the cross for our sins that we have a choice to submit to repent to submit and to receive his forgiveness. But this this time is the date and time, the point in history where God said, all right, now's the time to send my son to put on human flesh, to do the thing that no man or woman could do, which is live a righteous life, to take on the sin of the entire world, to give people the choice to be restored to relationship with Almighty God. Um, Christmas, the Christmas is a love story where God's told us what he's going to do for years, told us what he expected, told us that all of us have fallen short. He said, all right, I'm going to send myself. I'm going to send myself in the form of Jesus to um, live among you, to um, suffer, to live, to deal with, to become human, fully human, and yet fully God, and then pay the price uh, that you can't pay uh, to give you a gift that you cannot do on your own. That's just amazing. So as we celebrate Christmas, um, we want to give glory to God. We want to praise Jesus, that the baby Jesus is the gift of God, the person of God becoming human like us so that he would know us in relationship, that he would know our afflictions, that he would know our struggles, he would know our temptations, and yet overcome them and show us a way and make a way where there was no way. And I love that scripture verse when God says he's going to make a way when there was no way. And that's what Christmas is. Christmas is God making a way to restore us to him 
when there was no way on her own behalf. So I just, um, Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you enjoy your family. If you're alone, find some friends, um, but you're never alone because the Holy Spirit's there. Reach out to him. If you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, um, tell him, Lord, uh, I can't do this on my own. I've fallen short. I repent of my wicked ways, the ones I know and the ones I don't know. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Uh, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive this gift that you gave me and uh, that, that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins, that I cannot be righteous, but my righteousness, your righteousness, is given to me in this relationship. So it's because you die to self, you die to, to everything else, and you receive his new life. So I want to encourage you all, if you haven't, or if you want to do it again. I, I think I read this morning as well, another scripture verse, that we die daily. That seems so extreme, but it's not. Every day is a new opportunity to make choices to be aligned ourselves with God or away from God. And anything that isn't with God is away from God. Uh, and realize that whether it be slow obedience, disobedience, um, having our own way, thinking about ourselves, um, is oftentimes, if not all the time, not in God's will for us. So it's always seek him first, right? The word is very clear. Seek the Lord first. Seek him daily. You know, that he would have his way, right? The old uh, Our Father prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, today, our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us, as we're supposed to forgive others. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. And that is the, is the Apostles' Creed. That's the prayer. That's the one, the way Jesus taught um, the disciples to pray. That's the Catholic Our Father, whatever it may be. But the idea is we're going to honor God first. We're going to seek his will first. That his will be done, not ours. And it's today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. It's today because he's the God of today. So praise God. Once again, um, Merry Christmas. Um, and of course, we're coming up on a Happy New Year as well. But the, the whole idea that this new beginnings, there's such hope in my life um, as we end the year. Thankfulness, we gone through Thanksgiving. And now we're in, in Christmas where we're celebrating the birth of, of our Lord and Savior. That of this point in time where God intervened in human history uh, and provided his own son um, to live amongst us and become like us so that when we do stand before Christ, he's still fully human and fully God. So that there's a, um, our, there's a person that stands in the gap for us. There's the person of Jesus that stands before almighty God. And when we, and God looks at us and as we've received Jesus as our Lord and savior, he sees Jesus's righteousness attributed to us. I just think that's just phenomenal, miraculous, and, and a, a reason to be joyful this Christmas season. Now, you can be very stressed, but once again, give that up to the Lord. Be thankful for the things you have. Be joyous wherever you're at. There have been Christmases where we didn't have money for gifts. There have been Christmases where didn't know we were going to get the next $20, uh, but God has always been faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. And so this Christmas, a lot of the things, that we, the stress that we've dealt with over the year has been to our decisions, more so than the way life has done to us. But God's still been faithful, and we're in a position where we were able to bring the kids home. I just I just love that. 
So I want to encourage you all. I uh, don't want to get too um, into the news, except for um, there are a couple things that we have to talk about. Even though it's Christmas, not to bring things down, but there are some momentous things happening in the political, spiritual, cultural realm, if you will. A couple of those stories is um, the Colorado Supreme Court, a 4-3, I believe it was, decision. And these four Supreme Court justices in Colorado are Democrat operatives given donors to Democrat candidates appointed by a Democrat governor. Um, I'm, Colorado's kind of like Washington in some ways, very liberal, very leftist, um, a Democrat-controlled House, Senate, and, and governor, um, and administrative state, if you will. And so you have, and for many, many years, um, one of the, uh, Washington and Colorado were the first states to legalize marijuana. Washington and Colorado were, uh, I guess, leading the way on trans and LGBT and all this stuff, all the stuff that flies in the face of the values that we have as, as believers. Well, this, these four judges um, took it upon themselves to ban Donald Trump from being on the ballot in Colorado with the hope of, now the, in their very opinions, saying this will probably be challenged, that um, it's, we think that he, was a, he caused an insurrection on January 6th. There's no proof. There's no indictments. There's no um, um, actual evidence of this, but they're assuming based on their political leanings as judges, which they're not supposed to do. Judges are are supposed to be objective based on the facts at hand, and the facts do not support their ruling. This is a political move. So they assume it will be challenged, but their hope and the the interpretation of this is that other states that have this anti-freedom, anti-Trump, anti-Christian, anti-whatever bent to their legislatures um, will do the same to try to um, not only eliminate, but to remove him from the ballot so he can't be elected. This, this is one of those things where I'm not condoning or championing the left, but they are better at the warfare. When you think about this, um, for years in Washington State, there's been ballot harvesting. For years, they've gone to uh, um, proven, this is stated fact, that they go to the homeless encampments, register a bunch of homeless people, have them all have the same address, and then all of them vote, even though they may or may not vote. We know that there's been issues for election integrity in Seattle, multiple elections, uh, court battles over it. Uh, we know that uh, there's been a, uh, ongoing law after law limiting the, the challenges we can have in a election to recount or to actually know um, what's phony or not. We know from a fact from our records research that um, tens of thousands of non, um, non-legal non citizens, um, dead people, felons, and people that have left the state are still voting in our, in our uh, elections. So that's got to be cleaned up. So all of that's in the background of this. Um, that's all in a way to twist or to work um, to um, make it unfair. Basically stack the deck. That's what I'm looking for. Looking for the word stack the deck. So... The left has been really good about stacking the deck for years um, to affect the outcomes of elections, to gain power, control, and so forth. And the right it keeps on right, conservatives, other voters, independents, want to play by a set of rules that the left won't play by. Uh, it reminds me of, in some ways, um, when the British Army came over during the Revolutionary War, 
they had a certain way of fighting and the Americans, those rascally Americans, um, resorted to, um, guerrilla warfare. They, they, uh, short attacks from the trees, things that weren't normal. They found a different way to take advantage, uh, and to win in some of the skirmishes. We've seen this. It is, it's, you've got to find a way to win. And I, in many cases for years, I don't know if there's been enough willpower to say, we're going to do what it takes to win. Obviously, we don't want to change our ethics or who we are as a people. Now, we want to love our neighbor, all those things. But to, to know the importance of how important it is to have someone in a position of authority that either puts burdens on our neighbors and our families or relieves those burdens. Uh, and so the righteous, right, when the right, righteous reign, the people rejoice. When the wicked reign, the people groan. Lots of groaning going on because we didn't pay enough attention. So I'm saying the left has generally done a better job uh, stacking the deck in these elections. And we and there's things that we can do on the right, and they're starting to do them now with Jim Walsh and, and so forth, that combats that. But they've gone to the point now where clear election interference with the FBI working with Twitter um, to snuff or silence opposing thought against COVID or, or against uh, Hunter Biden or whatever to affect the election. We see now as well where they're legally banning people from the ballot. This is dangerous territory right now. So be praying, not only for Donald Trump, but be praying for our the integrity of our judiciary. Be praying for a strength in the legislatures to not allow this. Be praying for a Supreme Court that will step in and remove this. But they can do this to anybody. It just happens to be Donald Trump right now. Um, but that is removing. And then pray that we actually take election integrity um, up there. We actually do something. We take it seriously. That and we will still have people that will try to stack the deck. But then that's an open warfare. We can plan and strategize to be better at that. But when you change the system, when you convert, when you're playing a game and someone uh, has a, a strategy to win and they beat you, it's not fun. But when someone has a strategy, when you're playing a game uh, uh, with a set of rules and they change the rules uh, to make it impossible for you to win, then that is is not fair. And that's fundamentally what drives me crazy is the right now you see the political left, if you will, I don't know what the word for it is, the, um, the move in this nation to destroy everything good and holy, if you will, the Constitution, our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, um, our very freedom of choice, if you will. Um, is under assault um, by changing the rules, saying if you don't agree with us, you can't speak, you can't have a business, you can't, whatever. Uh, and then we're going to legally ban the candidates that we don't don't agree with. Scary, scary, scary stuff. Um, so that's one story. There, um, oh, there's so much going on. And then the corruption, the the border, the border is the second story. It's getting to the point where um, there's, there's 5,000 illegal immigrants that they know of crossing at Eagle Pass every single day, every single day of the year, 5,000. Then there's a story that came out that that the early morning flights for Delta, it may not be other airlines as well, but the, they got them on film where two-thirds of a full plane are being transported from the border illegally. They come in. They get a backpack full of supplies and, and, and arrest warrants and whatever it may be. They're giving uh, anywhere from seven to eight years to report 
basically free time in America for eight years on the American dime. Then they're being flown into sanctuary cities, which I think on one hand, Governor Abbott's doing it, DeSantis is doing it, just to say this is a problem nationwide. So this, these sanctuary cities that were usually immune to this because they're saying, hey, go populate those southern states, are now feeling some of the 11 million that have come across, um, but they're flying you know, into Chicago, into New York, um, plane loads of illegal immigrants fresh across the border with their own backpacks and being dropped off um, not only by bus, but by plane. That's kind of scary. On taxpayer dollar, we're paying for illegal immigrants to be deposited in our nation in the tens of thousands daily uh, by bus, by by plane, by whatever, and the, the door is still open. And from around the world, from India, from Saudi Arabia, from China, from Mexico, the cartels, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, um, this is a crisis. And so be praying for those Border Patrol agents, be praying for the strength of those that actually have conviction in the Congress uh, at the state and national level uh, to deal with this. Because the longer that border is open, the more a burden it puts upon the citizens of the U.S., the more dangerous it is for our children and our families, the more um, crippling it is, but also the more the cartels control, the more women that are raped, the more children that are, are kidnapped, uh, the more um, people that are killed through the fentanyl overdose. It's just, it is rampant. And we got to hold those accountable for this border. And they've been lying to us for long. So now that there's even um, Democrats in the House and Senate are saying, we should do something. Do you think? Um, so the, these stories are the stories that I, I'm pointing out. One, obviously, um, Christmas, the border, um, the issues with the um, the court in Colorado that they're trying to, to cheat the system, to change it, to become an oligarchy or a tyranny. Those are all the stuff. And then there's more. There's still the corruption of the Biden family. There's still the Judiciary Committee. They're still trying to um, work on this ever-expanding um, debt we have in the nation. And in Washington State, there there's a governor race coming up next year, and it's, it's going to be dirty. You know, I'm still concerned, and this, as it is now, we have got about a couple minutes left in the show. Um, we've got on the Republican side, we have Dave Riker, the former congressman from the 8th Congressional District, former sheriff of um, Seattle. Um, and it's interesting to me, I'll make this comment. I'm a conservative. I'm a Christian. I, I love the Lord. I will wear Jesus on my sleeve. That's just who I am. And I love people. That's why I ran for office. I want to serve people. I felt called to it. I, I know that, that Dave Reichert is a Christian. I know that he's open with his faith. Um, and I know that he is loved um, by many Republicans. Uh, he's liked by the mainstreamers, if you will, the people that are um, pro-fiscally responsibility, if you will, but uh, are with the left on the social responsibility or the abortion issues, you know, the marriage issues and so forth, the, the core values that I care about. And so typically I was too conservative for them. Um, so we have two governor candidates on, on the right. We have Semi Bird, which we'll have him on the show again. We have Dave Reichert, um, both conservative leaning. Semi Bird's probably more conservative. And on the social issues, Semi Bird's going to be aligned with my values more than Dave Reichert will. Dave Reichert's one of those that will 
hey, okay, well, you know, a, a woman's right, and so on and so on. Um, it's going to be a battle. Then you have Bob Ferguson on the left, who is really dangerous. He's Inslee, um, but smarter. Inslee, but more in determined um, to destroy our values. Um, he's Inslee, but he's, but once again, he is much more dangerous and cannot be elected. The Republican Party has to coalesce around one candidate and do it. So I know that the primary is in August, but there needs to be a discussion going on. Now, that's what I'm worried about, because during the McKenna election, we had Strom Hadian, and I love Strom. I think I probably voted for Strom. Um, and McKenna was a good attorney general. And McKenna was very similar to Dave Reichert, probably not as um, charismatic, um, but similar credo where he got along with Democrats and Republicans and so forth. And he was kind of a shoe in to win, and he lost to Bob Ferguson. Um, and then part of that, they say, was because Strom Hadian took so many votes because and he wasn't a conservative. He's kind of a mainstreamer. Don't let that happen again. I'm just saying, and this is all true and the same thing again. Yes, Sammy Bird's probably more conservative, definitely more conservative. This Sammy Bird's probably aligns with our values better. Um, this, But we do not want Bob Ferguson. I just want you to pray about it. Pray about it, but get engaged. And whoever you support, let's make sure we get a decision soon because this is going to affect things. That Once again, as we end the show, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I want to say um, pray, and then this coming year, um, get engaged where the Lord leads you. Ask, pray, and obey. It's going to be good. So God bless you all. God bless America. And praise Jesus. Merry Christmas. God.